Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Can we just talk about summer for a second? The sun shining, the beach calling, and oh, the style. Macy's is your ultimate summer style destination, whether you're jet setting or just chilling in your backyard. I'm all about easy breezy outfits and Macy's has it all from flowy summer dresses to those must have espadrilles and Levi's skirts. Macy's has them. Oh, and those Dolce Vita sandals. Let me tell you, they're a game changer for all day comfort and style. Don't even get me started on matching sets. We all know I live in matching sets all year long. So I've got my eye on some super chic sets at Macy's. So whether you're prepping for a vacation or a staycation, head over to Macy's.com slash own your style and let Macy's hook you up with everything you need for the perfect summer vibe. That's Macy's.com slash own your style. Don't miss out. Own your summer style with Macy's. Let's make this summer one to remember. Presented by 21 Seeds. Hey, you know how we're always trying to keep our girls' nights exciting with new cocktails? Uh, yeah. Well, here's something that's going to flip the 21 script. Seeds infused tequila. Wait, you already know? Of course. 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila infused with juice from real fruit. Yeah, so you only need two or three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. But did you know that 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend? Sounds like there's a good story behind that for sure. So listen, if you love tequila, you have to try 21 21- Seeds infused tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing that you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Scrubbing in with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad, an iHeartRadio and two-time People's Choice Award-winning podcast. Hello, everybody. It is Monday. We are scrubbing in. It is Tanya kicking things off because we are sans Becca today. But have no fear. Tanya is here. Mark is here. Easton is here. Lisa Vanderpump is going to be joining us. And we have a special guest who I'm really excited about. Her name is Amy Chan. And she wrote this book. Um, It's like basically breakup boot camp. So she's coming on a little bit later. But Gang's all here. We're just on Becca today. And I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> As am I. As am I. Because let me tell you something. I went back to church in person for the first time, uh, like to my actual regular church that I go to, that I used to go to pre-Pandy. Um, I've been doing everything virtually since, you know, quarantine hit. And it was Easter Sunday. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go. And I cried twice during service. I didn't realize how much I missed being 
in community with people, singing with people, praying with people. Like it was so, and the crying was like joy. It wasn't sadness. Mm -hmm. It was just like pure joy. And I, I'm honestly kind of blown away by it. That's fantastic. This is your, you're back in your natural element of people. Yeah. Not even just church, just people being social. Exactly. And I I don't even think I I don't even think I realized how much I missed it until I was there. You know what I mean? Like I knew I was like, Mm -hmm. I knew I'm a people person. I like being around people, but not until I was like there did I realize how much of an impact it has on on me mentally. For sure. We went out to dinner Saturday night. We had some friends over last night. It's really it's been nice that we're ramping this up again. It's really been beautiful. And we're all going to be eligible in 10 days to get our vaccines. And I'm I'm still a little concerned about some of the spikes we're seeing in some states and some of the variants, but I'm trying to keep it totally focused and positive. Yeah, it feels it feels good. And I just I can't even believe that I fully just full blown cried. But here we are. Well, you're an easy crier. Let's be honest. I'm an easy crier. And I've also been emotional lately. I feel like everything's kind of come like in uh, like waves, you know, highs, lows, peaks, valleys. And I kind of hit a little bit of a valley recently where I just, I've never really struggled. And and I I know this is very lucky of me, but I've never really struggled with mental health stuff Mm -hmm. like ever and until this year. And so it's kind of been something that uh, I've had to really like pay attention to. And when thing, you know what I mean? Like just really put a lot of energy and focus into like making sure like I'm good mm-hmm. because I've never had to do that before. I've always just been good and I can like be there for people and be the, you know, like I can keep going. I'm the energizer bunny. And I finally just realized like, I can't do that right now. Yeah. I think a lot of people have gone through that. In fact, you know, my daughter's therapist said, wow, she's never been this busy in her entire career. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had, didn't start going to therapy until this year probably like six months ago but a lot of kids too because she's specifically with with children and she says it's just non-stop all day long she's booked up because a lot of kids have really struggled with this too it's so wild you don't even realize it like it's pretty intense Mm -hmm. so here we are here we are can we talk about grace before lisa jumps on just because she may not have seen it she may not have seen it and wow what a comeback what a comeback you know again gray's anatomy is really in tune with society because it's like peaks and valleys peaks and valleys <laughs> and last week was a valley and this mm-hmm. week was a peak great episode i was not expecting to see mark sloan mm. fantastic fantastic the takeaways yes. were fantastic i will say this and people might come at me was Lexi a little awkward? A little bit, yes. I noticed that too. She seemed a I'm little like, bit like, I don't remember how to play this character. So I'm just going to kind of do what I, I don't can. remember how to act in general. I was like, what <laughs> is going on with Lexi Gray? Like, come on, girl. The afterlife can be very traumatizing, I would imagine. She did die. Yeah. So let's, you know, give us cut her some slack. Yeah. I just found it to be like a little bit off, you know? Like she was such a dynamic mm-hmm. character when she was there. And I felt her. I mean, I was so happy to see her and her takeaways were really just hit me in in the feels. But like there was another part of me that I was just like, is she good? You know what I also thought for this season, which I mean, that episode was excellent. You know, they want to keep Ellen Pompeo as happy as possible. Right. So yeah. it's like they went into the season and said, tell you what, for this season, 
You're going to be one of two places, laying in bed, doing nothing with your eyes closed or hanging out on a beach with your old friends. Right. She's like, sign me up for that. That's fantastic. I don't have to memorize a lot of medical mumbo jumbo. I don't have to do a lot of acting. I can just be happy on a beach or asleep. It's so true. That's so true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, figure out how to bring her back next year. For another season, they got to come up with a a storyline that um, Meredith Grey must constantly be getting massaged the entire season or she'll die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, that's really funny. I didn't even think of that. It's a pretty sweet gig this year. It is a pretty sweet gig. But honestly, seeing Mark and Lexi was just like, I don't even know how like they could top it at this point. Well, it sounds like she's starting to come out maybe, right? She's starting to come out like she, she... They, they're starting to wean her off the vent, and so maybe she's going to come back. It's almost the end of the season. I don't know how many more there are, actually. Don't they usually go till May? They do usually, and I would think they would because they haven't done as many as usual because of uh, the pandy, as you call it. Yeah, the pandy. Yeah, but I thought um, it was strong all over the place, and not just them. I thought the medical storylines were solid. I thought the rest of it was really good. Really, really good. I do have to say, uh, great episode. And I also want to give a shout-out to my Arizona Wildcat basketball wow women because what a season i'm not gonna pretend to act like i know much but what i do know is that they got to the championship which is the final so basically it was them or this team stanford right and they ended up losing in the finals in the championship by one point by one point they played so well and i don't even know like i'm not one to judge but they played well to what I think. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. And the fact that they got that far is wild. Well, you know, what's funny is I've never really watched much of the women's tournament either. And so this right. year we, 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 we had that episode where we talked about the, how slighted the women were and all that stuff. And we decided we should get in on this. So I wrote up the bracket and I was like, I wonder if Arizona's playing this year. I didn't know because you went to Arizona. Right, right, they're right. Playing. They just beat one team. They're in the field. They're doing, All right, let's just root for them. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. And they made it to the finals. I know. And you know what's funny? I used to make fun of those sports people who have those, like, weird, like, um, what are they called? Superstitions or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I ordered um, a Arizona women's basketball T-shirt and baseball hat, right? <laughs> and I put it on the day before they played one of the games i don't i don't you know i'm not good with the tears but it was one of the games it was early on and they won i didn't wear it the day that they played the game i wore it the day before because i think that's the day i got it and i was just excited yeah so then when they won and everyone's like oh my gosh they're going into the next bracket which was a big deal i was like okay so i have to wear my merch the day before they play again Mm, good so i've yeah so then i did it again and they won again and I, and I was like, I have to keep doing this. Like, I can't not do this. So, and then I, I almost wore the, uh, the hat on Sunday for my son run. Mm. And I was like, I can't wear it on game day because I never <laughs> wear it on game day. I wear it the day before. And so I was like, I turned into one of those weird tradition sports people, which is so weird. Uh, it's easy. It's easy to fall into that. I do it all the time. It's so of course. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Well, the most recent one is last year for my birthday, I got some really cool new Brewers merch because they, they they tweaked the logo and stuff. And so I wore one for a game and they lost. I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I didn't even think about it. 
three straight times I wore that shirt, they lost, and I never wore it again the rest of the season. <laughs> I did yeah. wear it on opening day this year. New season, fresh start, and they won. So I think that that shirt's got its mojo back. It's got its mojo back. That's but it thing. is ludicrous. And I know that it's ludicrous that what I'm wearing in Southern California bears any effect on those 25 people playing in Milwaukee. I used to make fun of those yes. people that did those things. And here I am today, one of those people. Mm -hmm. Well, I got a Brewer shirt on right now. We'll see how they do today. If they win, great. If they don't, we might have to retire this one for a little while. Yeah, I mean... Let me tell you, I'm keeping that merch next season because my girls are going to come back strong. That was, I really enjoyed that. I watched the game for, oh, when they were playing UConn, which they had no nobody ever beats UConn. When they were playing UConn, right. I was watching that game and I was like, what's happening to me? I'm way into this. I know. I was so funny. I feel like I'm like I have a little community of, you know, <laughs> U of A supporters now because people were DMing me being like, oh, my gosh, they made it here. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so I'm like, how am I so invested? It so I fun. almost feel like I'm part of this like sports culture now. You kind of are. It was fun to watch. It was a really fun That's tournament. Right. And that last game was really a nail biter. Nail, nail biter, nail some biter. may say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> some may say. So really it's just been a thrilling week so far. Yeah. It's been it's been great. I'm glad you had a good Easter. Did you see your family? Um, no, because it's not Serbian Easter. Oh, right, it's right, right. Christian Easter. So yeah, yeah. I went to church and did the church thing and uh yeah just like was thriving in it when is Popped serbian up, like, easter not till may okay yeah you know it's just like different hey, calendar more easter more fun right more cadbury eggs <laughs> right i really only had one yesterday like let's be real but <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys do for easter uh, my wife and i just hung out at home and we 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 had an easter egg hunt with our neighbors who are also two adults. And uh, <laughs> we've been doing adult Easter egg hunts for the last like five years. And let me tell you, it's a blast. It is a lot of fun. Uh, and we, it was, we didn't do anything last year, but this year we had our, our neighbors over and they hunted eggs with us. And they what had a great time. What do you put time. in the eggs? Uh, we, you know, so we, we, the eggs are empty, but at the very end, uh, we have like a golden egg that usually has. Uh, yesterday we put uh, $7.26 in there. And then we gave them a uh, a candle that was sent to us by like Atlantic Records or something, like something I got from the radio station. <laughs> wow, what a and prize! They, they were thrilled. So, like, they make the Easter egg hunt for you guys, and then you make it for them. No, no, we we just made it for them uh, because oh. I think when they got the invite, I don't think they were prepared for something like that. Oh, like, right, right. You're inviting them to your home. I see. Like, I see. Are you? Hey, you guys want to come over for an egg hunt? And they're like, yeah. Like, are there kids there? And like, no, it's it's just just for you, and we're gonna make it for you. <laughs> and uh, they said they had a great time. They had a wonderful time, according to them. So that's that's all that matters. Truly. It was fine. How about yeah. you, Mark? Uh, we uh, we did an Easter. We hide Easter baskets for the kids, even though they're fourteen and eleven, and nearly fifteen and twelve. They've outgrown that, but we just put gifts in the baskets along with some candy and hide them, and it's fun. Did that. Amers made a great brunch. And then we had some friends come over and we grilled out and uh, we christened our new little that pool thing that we put in. So, wow. Yeah, it was it was good. It was a nice day. Yeah, it really just I'm not going to lie. It just did. It did something to me internally. Excellent. You know, he has risen and so has Tanya. And so have I. <laughs>
Is, is that offensive if we make that the title of the sure. episode? You know? Is that I'm bad? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, my one else, like, he has risen, and so has my spirit. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably less offensive, yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. more PC. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true. Like, it's Resurrection Sunday, and I just feel like there was a resurrection, you know? Like, just the vibe. Nice. Well, Lisa Vanderpump has joined us. Okay, great. We will take a break and we'll be right back with Lisa Vanderpump. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. This week, May 6th through May 13th, Rakuten is having their biggest cashback event of the year. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Ulta, Good American, and Dyson. And top categories like fashion, beauty, electronics, and home essentials. I'm so excited to shop for all new makeup and even some pet products and treats for my dog, Sunny. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. This is the perfect time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can save by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, Rakuten deposits your cash back directly into your PayPal account or they can send you a check. Rakuten has 15 million members who are already saving and you can be one of them. Membership is free and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. So go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers, get it. Want to know where all the spring savings are this year? Ross, you'll find huge deals on all of the latest spring trends. At Ross, you'll find brand names for 20 to 60% off department store prices. You're definitely finding your next favorite outfit. We're talking about savings on your favorite shirts and tops. And it's spring, so you know Ross has savings on sundresses. They've got deals on dresses for days. I mean, every style for spring. Don't forget the sandals. From slides to wedges, find brand name sandals for less. Ross always has those for the low. And there's always a reason for a new purse at this price. That brand name handbag at this price? Of course. Deals on handbags? Yeah, hold my purse. Seriously, just visit your nearest Ross and see for yourself. Ross has something for everyone. Plus, each new shopping trip means new finds. If you really love savings, head to Ross today. Believe me, your wallet will thank you. So what are you waiting for? Say yes for less at Ross. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? And guess what? Macy's is celebrating in a big way. I was browsing Macy's online the other day, and I couldn't help but notice that they're highlighting some incredible AAPI-owned brands. 
I'm talking about names like Cardin, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve, brands that bring innovation, style, and diversity to the table. But wait, it gets even better. Macy's isn't just celebrating with fashion, they're also giving back. Throughout the month of May, you can support college access and student success by donating online or rounding up your purchase in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA Scholars is an incredible nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students to achieve their academic and professional dreams. And you can be a part of that mission simply by rounding up your purchase at Macy's Checkout. Trust me, every little bit helps. So join me and Macy's this May in celebrating Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month and shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Let's celebrate culture, style, and education together. And we're back, and we are here with the one and only Lisa Vanderpump, ladies and gentlemen. It's so good to see you again. So good to see you, too. I say ladies and gentlemen, um, but I really believe that our listeners are probably like 90% female. Um, oh, interesting. Have you ever done yeah. research on that? We haven't, but we have a Facebook group and I'm yet to see any male aside from Mark and Easton who are on the podcast in that Facebook group. So I'm just kind of going based off of that. Because on my kind of Twitter and, you know, cause I'm quite interactive on that. I see a lot uh-huh. of men. I see a lot of gay men as well, because I've been a huge LGBTQ activist. So right, right. yeah, I do have quite a lot of men following me, which I like. Yeah, which you like. Okay, well, I'm excited to have you on because I was on your podcast, which is All Things Vanderpump. Yes. And I had so much fun with you. And I just feel like you're somebody who, I mean, you're, you truly are a modern woman. You have so much, I mean, if, if I went through the, if you like looked you up on Wikipedia, the list of things that you have done, accomplished, like career-wise, personally, it's it's a lot. I've never looked it up, actually. That's interesting. They say don't Google yourself, really. So, yeah, I've never really kind of gone down that route. But I've had a very um, – the things I've been involved in reach far and wide. I think with my activism, working with the homeless, um, LGBTQ activism, working with my dog foundation – speak at United Nations, you know, speak at Congress, co-writing resolutions. There's been a lot of things I've been involved in politically as well. And I believe that if you're lucky enough to have a platform in life, use it wisely. But I also believe you have responsibility to speak up for certain things. And, you know, people will say to me, oh, at least you care so much about dogs. I care so much about a lot of things. You know, yeah. and I can only do so much. So if you're passionate about something else, it doesn't have to be aligned with me, but be passionate about something, you know? It, it's very, very true. I think um, I've kind of, it, it is interesting because you can kind of find your, the things that you are passionate about and you can really just kind of go, you can dive deep. I mean, there's so many ways that you can get involved. And then also as you grow and you can give more in different ways. Like you can give time, you can give money, you can give energy. And so I think it's like kind of important to, for me, it's really women's issues, women's charities and children's hospitals. So like, those are kind of where I right. 
you kind of really like passionate focus on i mean i yeah i've got a very soft heart in terms of things i see and i get emotional about things i think oh i want to get involved with that for me what's really important though is i like to be involved in things that are tangible that i can actually get my hands on like when we used to host the biggest event in london with children's wish every year it would actually be the party for the children and when i was involved with feeding the homeless it was actually serving the food or making the food rather me sitting on a board so much isn't something i like to be very involved touch it feel it see it the same way yeah. with my dog foundation um yeah so, but yeah i'm passionate about a lot of things and um there's a lot of sadness in the world you know and you see things and you think how how can i make a difference i do what i can but you know i have a busy life and i also have to try and keep our own heads above water you know in terms of business yeah. and it's been a terrible year obviously with all the restaurants being closed down i don't think a lot of people can understand they think for restaurants closed that's it staff aren't working but it's not like that at all just to get it back up and running just to get staff back in place a lot of people have gone home you know have left the city uh, to pay all the insurances to pay the rents to get it all back up and going is is pretty challenging and financially what it costs you just to keep it there is being yeah a struggle yeah cuz how many restaurants do you have now well i have sir which is open and i just opened pump i mean i have to say they're busy we felt a lot of support from people people come in and they're so happy to be out and about I haven't opened Tom Tom yet because it's more bar orientated so we right. have a bar menu but it's got two great gardens we're developing out the front as well and then I have Vegas um in Caesar's Palace Villa Blanca sadly closed through covid but it was the end of the lease we'd had it for 14 years so we were looking at it think thinking can we open up again you know in time to have the restrictions lifted but it was it was the end of the lease Cause okay, so you, I mean, okay, so you have your podcast, you have this new show on E Overserved, you have all your charities, and you, I mean, you're also a mom and and a wife, and uh, you have these restaurants, and COVID hits, right? What's that thought process like? Like when when they basically say everything shuts down, you still have to pay these. Like how? Where did you even start? And then like ma- making the decisions to reopen up and all that stuff. It was very complicated. It was very challenging. Most of the most employees were furloughed they were on unemployment some we kept on but obviously we can't as a group afford to keep on hundreds of employees when we just shut down honestly tony we thought it would be for a month i think that's what we thought it may be two or three weeks but if you'd said to me a year ago that it would be for over a year i thought well, we won't survive this um but also we've got personal guarantees on a lot of things our lives are guaranteed a lot of people friends that i knew walked away because they didn't have personal guarantees so they could just walk away from business we didn't want to because our restaurants are our life as well as our our business yeah. so yeah it's been difficult but i got really busy being very proactive starting my podcast writing a book which i still need to deliver the last bit of it is kind of challenging um but i got very busy and then i was doing three shows through through after 9 months of being in in quarantine and i took on my house on my own i didn't see anybody in the house we had somebody in the garden outside you know because there's quite a lot of land here but in the house it was just me and i thought okay 
I'm going to rise to this challenge and try and keep it and not drop our standards. So I, I have a renewed respect for people that do this. You know. I was like, Rosie came back. I'm like, should I nominate her for the Nobel Peace Prize? <laughs> um, I was pretty good at everything. I'm all about know your business from the ground up. Try to know every single component. Then it gives you, you know, a chance to speak with authority if you can do the job yourself. But yeah. in the house, I didn't really know how to do laundry. I thought I knew. I didn't even know there was a filter in the dryer until smoke started coming out of the machine. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Lies. That is so funny. So you really like you really kind of did everything in reverse. Yeah, but you know, I was so I'm that person that I will take on a challenge. You know, I'm like, this isn't gonna beat me down. I'm kind of your person that you'd want on the road trip. Like, okay, we got this, you know. Yeah. So um I've suffered with depression in my life when my brother died. I went through a very dark hole and I thought, how can I get out of this? And I understand depression. In fact, one of my other um, organizations I've been involved with has been the Trevor Project, uh, suicide prevention. But that also, because I saw statistics of being three times more likely for young uh, LGBTQ um, people to, you know, more likely to commit suicide. So I was very involved with the Trevor yeah. Project. So I understood suicide or thought I did. I don't understand it, but... I empathized with it. Empathy is about, you know, trying to have an understanding of what people go through. And so I was involved with them, but I just never thought that that would touch my life. And then yeah. when I kind of went down that, that was probably the only time in my life I've really been challenged emotionally in terms of feeling, how do you get out of this? How can you pull yourself together? Apart from the hormonal stuff that women go through where you wake up and think, I can't cope. I think we all go through that, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually saying earlier that I honestly, I've never had, um, and I'm so grateful for it, that I've never had to struggle with any sort of mental like mental illness or uh, mental stability in a way like I have the last year um, because I I've always just had this abundance of joy and abundance to give and abundance to like keep going. And then when the pandemic hit and I was at all the people were like taken away out of my life and like all the things, and I don't know, it like just started doing things to me. And I, you know, started going to therapy and really being intentional about my mental health in a way that I've never had to before. And I went back to church for the first time yesterday, actually for Easter uh, since the pandemic happened and like, I feel almost like a changed person, just like being back at church. I cried twice and was just really emotional about like having community again, you know? And I think that that's something that's really, really important for me. Yeah. Um, I, I, in fact, I'm very close to a priest, Father Greg, who he renewed our vows. I saw him this week as well. And, you know, I've always been quite religious and not, not as dedicated as going to church, but obviously our, our homeless mission was always at our church, always wanted to support the church. But yeah, I do think it gives you a feeling of comfort and to see people is a very important part of our lives, which is, is good, you know, that Ken feels the same way. But yeah, it's been a tough year and it's brought up so many different emotions. I felt a little bit isolated in terms of, you know, my family being in England, 
Um, mm -hmm. My mother had died and my brother had died within a year suddenly, and it was just the four of us. And suddenly my father had broken his hip and his shoulder, but you can't go over there, you know? So yeah. it, that was, you know, that's been hard because the physical contact as well, it's, that's weird. And on Overserved, you see, you know, they walk in on the show and we're like, hi. Yeah, and it feels so strange. And I don't so know, strange. how's it going to feel when we actually are? I'm hugging good friends now. I'm hugging right. good friends that have been vaccinated, fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. And it's, it has... It's amazing what we take for granted until it's taken away. I, I actually I went to a restaurant last weekend and um, I saw two people that obviously I haven't seen in a year, but they're friends. Like I know them very, you know, like I would normally go up to their table and say, "Hi, how are you?" Yeah. And I felt so uncomfortable doing it because there was another person sitting at their table that I didn't know, and so I was like, "I don't want to go over and like." have my, you know, even yes. though I was wearing a mask, but like, you know what I mean? I was like, I don't want to make them uncomfortable. So I was like awkwardly waving and yeah. then like DMing. Like, I was just like, it's made everybody so socially awkward now. Have you had the just... vaccine? No, I haven't. Oh, you see, we waited outside. It took us as a family a few days of waiting because the frontline workers, they said, if we open some and there's some left over, then you can have it. So Ken was recommended first to go down there. And they said, two days it was two days and then the second day they said okay we've got some left over and uh pandora my daughter went with jason um but they waited i think it was three days you know four hours each time and then they said no we've opened it and we knew a lot of people that got it like that that just said yeah, okay i have, have a lot of friends over. that have that yeah. have done the same and like they've waited in line for yeah. x amount of hours for the for the extras and I think it's great because don't let them go to waste. You know what I mean? I'd, sure. I'd rather them go, to, but yeah. I am just like, you know, are you going to have it? Yeah. 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 But I don't, I'm not, um, chasing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, for us also, all the restaurant workers, I've encouraged my staff to have it because, you know, it's just, you feel so different. So most of the people that work for me are kind of up there have had it now. So that's really good. And yeah. we kept our rescue open all through COVID. Vanderpump That's Dogs amazing. was open all through COVID. It was, yeah, it's been a challenge, but it's good. And, and you like started a brand new show. Actually, you know what? I do want to ask you about that because a lot of people, a lot of people watched you on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I have never been a fan of that franchise. No offense, because it's, I feel like it's like women bashing each other. And you're like the opposite of that. That's why I left. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though. Like I feel like I feel like when I came on your podcast, you were such like um I'm a woman woman like I'm a girl's girl, you know? Yeah. And I like I don't know, I just I associate that with with a lot of negativity, you know? And so I was like I don't know, it none, never none of it matched up. But now you're starting this new show with E. Yeah, that's, that's been hilarious. And you started it during the pandemic, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? I never want to denigrate the franchise of The Real Housewives because it gave me so much. Of but course. what I started off, you know, when I started off that show, it was an organic group of friends and it was, it seemed like a fun thing to do. But I remember Jennifer Stallone, Sly Stallone's wife, showing me uh, the New York Housewives, and she said, they're casting for Beverly Hills, you've got to do it. And I saw them arguing, and I said, that is so not me. 
so not me. Yeah. And I went in for the audition and I said, silly crap, you know, I remember they asked me a question like, what's your, tell us about your sex life. And I said, well, do you want to know about the one with my husband or with everybody else? You know, and I really didn't care. I was just laughing, you know, and having fun. Well, that's, they came back to me and they said, oh no, we love you. We like you to join the cast. But I'm just not a very kind of combative person. I mean, even yeah. my kids don't remember kind of fights in, you know, the household. I'm not really, I didn't like that part of it at all. It made me very uncomfortable. But in the last season when I was there, I wasn't in the same place, as I said. I've been very honest about that. I've always been really stable emotionally. But when I lost my brother, you know, 16 months old me my only sibling I just I I I I just I was looking for things that made me happy I was yeah. trying to come out of it you know and I did bad it's almost like... very soon after and then I just said I I Andy said we should have given you the year off but actually I don't like any negativity at all I think good luck to them if they want to do that let them do that but that's just not for me and when one door closes Another door opens. Exactly. And three opens. So that was yeah. good. <laughs> and now you're just thriving and you love it? I love it. I mean, I love working. I love to keep busy. I love, I'm passionate about so many things. I had a great time doing Pooch Perfect ABC show. Um, we had a wonderful time, you know, on the Vanderpump Dog Rescue uh, show because that's, you know, something very, very dear to my heart. And Overserve was a complete giggle, being able to choose people that you want to have come to dinner. I mean, the first episode having Vivica Fox and Lance Bass and Michael Turchin, and Lance and Michael are just such lovely people, very good old friends of mine. I mean, I was even in their wedding years ago. I just adore them. And then saying, okay, let's try and see if we can get Vivica Fox, Vivica A. Fox, you know. And when yeah. she said she could come, we just had so many wonderful guests, Trixie Mattel, Iggy Azalea together. Everything was such a hoot. And it gave Pandora and I, my daughter, a chance we were to cook. And we were just cooking and setting tables, ridiculous scenarios and different settings. It was just really good. And we did 12 episodes. It's been such a laugh. It really has. And on social media, people are loving it. You know, they're really kind of saying, I've never laughed so much. It's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah. And I know that you said that, um, that, you know, you made that joke about uh, your sex life when you were doing that audition for yeah. Real Housewives. <laughs> I love that you have that relationship with your husband that you guys can kind of laugh and, you know, make jokes about those kind of things. Is that like, what's the key? Cause you guys have been married now for how many years? 39. I mean, that is tremendous. Like that is so awesome. And I just feel like relationships aren't easy. Like I, I don't think anybody can sit, sit there and say that relationships are any relationship is easy, especially I can't even imagine for 39 years, keeping it like together, you know, like just how, and you know, you grow as an individual, your relationship grows. What are some of the things that you've learned along the way that really kind of have helped you and can stay strong? Well, I think that you have to understand going to a relationship. I want to ask you if you're still with Socrates, are you? No, we broke up. No. Yeah. When? Uh, right before Christmas. Why would anybody break up with you? 
You're so sweet. I like honestly can't. I still can't talk about it without crying. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. It's fine. No, it's not. You're still. Oh, gosh, I wish I hadn't asked. No, it's okay. It's okay. Because you know what? Hope is still alive. I'm still, I still, still have hope in my heart. I'm you good. are such a blessing. Your energy. Anybody that I, I know that knows you speaks the same way about you. You've got such a feel-good factor to you. You are an addition to somebody's life. You should be a bonus to somebody. You shouldn't compromise. Look, we're all flawed human beings. And I understand your question. For me, being married, being married to anybody for that amount of time, we have to understand that we're all flawed individuals. We're all going to make mistakes. There has to be forgiveness. There has to be acceptance. There has to be support. There has to be so many components. And all those things, to get all those things to align to make a successful relationship is very difficult. Yeah. Now, I was 21 when I got married. So I married somebody 16 years older than me. So he'd been a friend of my brother. You know, as I say, my brother was kind of like my partner in crime. You know, that's why it was so difficult to lose him, you know. But when I met Ken, he was a man that he he's always gave me the confidence to do whatever I wanted. And he was also smart enough to let me grow. And I was yeah. always, I think it's very important that as much time as you spend together, because people ask me, you guys spend so much time together, working together. He lets me develop. I mean, I was, I'm not the same person now. Uh, right. I just turned 60. I'm not the same person that I was at, at 21, but he's allowed me to flourish. And, and of course I've made mistakes and you all make mistakes, you know, and the relationship, there has to be forgiveness in so many aspects. And I'm not talking about infidelity. I'm not talking about any one thing. I'm talking about just in life. Just generally, yeah. you're going to fuck up. You're going to get drunk. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to fall yeah. out with his parents or his fall out with yours or your sibling gets in the way or you flirt with somebody or something. You know, It's always going to happen. And it's how you deal with it and how you you realize what you've got to hold on to. I mean, if this didn't work out with Socrates, then I see you're, you're, you're very tearful over it. But if it wasn't worth saving enough for you both to really kind of think, okay, this is why it's not working, then it wasn't for you. You should yeah. be, why didn't it work? What happened? It's a long story. <laughs> we need to go, we need to have a drink, I need a cocktail and a, and a dinner party. To okay, well, really come get... to Villa Rosa. <laughs> but, Done. But was he heartbroken as well or? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's just, it's sad sometimes, you know, and I think that, I mean, I grew a lot. I think also too, like, um, because of that, not because of that relationship, but I think also because of the pandemic, I started doing a lot of work on myself and like going to this, to this therapist. And I think I've realized a lot, um, and I've grown a lot which is good. You know, like, I feel like I'm trying to look at the the good in it. And I, I grew a lot. And what, what would you think the mistakes that you've made in relationships? Do you keep repeating those mistakes? Or you know, what's interesting? So I just read or I'm reading this book, it's called Think Like a Monk. Have you heard it's um, from Jay Shetty? 
And um, there is this exercise in the book that he says, ask uh, 10 to 20 people in your life to really pinpoint a moment where you were thriving, like where you were at your best in life and really be like, almost come up with like a date. But Tanya, monks don't have sex. <laughs> no, 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 it's more about like, no. <laughs> no, 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 he yeah, I told a, a you form, I was right all along. <laughs> He's a former monk. I, I think he was a monk for, I don't know how many years, but he's not anymore. But the book is about like peace and living a more peaceful life and just being in the moment and present. Um, and uh, this exercise actually was really interesting because everybody that got, all my friends that got back to me, um, the feedback was really consistent. And every time, every, it was very, uh, a time in my life where I was so focused on, on me and one of my friends was like, do you want me to be honest with you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I think you let men throw you off your course. You get so invested and you put so much energy and you put so much into because uh, like I have this a little bit of a pie in the sky image of what my husband is going to be and what that relationship is going to be like. I'm a little I have a, I'm, it's more realistic, but a, I, I do have a little bit of that fairy tale in me. And so he was like, when, when this happens or when a guy comes in and you, you know, you put all of your energy into it and you get thrown off of your Tanya pursuit, which is so strong. And I was like, but it was kind of a big, like Eureka moment. I was like, you're right. I do. I put, I'm, I'm really good at putting other people's needs before my own. So you and think that you lose your channeling, your ambition and you focus and maybe you put too much importance on the relationship rather than just letting it grow together and still having your individuality. I think that's very important. As I say, that Ken's been very smart. Listen, our relationship has not been perfect compared to most of my friends that were at our wedding. I guess it has been perfect because most of them are divorced. You know, all the people that um, were at our, our wedding. But no relationship is ever perfect and you shouldn't i do think if you try to put each other first but i also think your individuality is what makes you you and that is why you're so attractive your zest for life your passion just about the passion you also bring to your podcast you have this energy that emanates that radiates from you and i don't think you you need to focus that on somebody else you just need to be you and you will be loved for being you Um, yeah but also and so it's it's interesting because it's like my therapist has really gotten me to figure out she's like you feel like you need to always be like doing something for them or like it's almost like you just it's you need to keep going going, 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 more 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 and he's like she's like you can just be Be loved by just being you and I was like wow that is what was your upbringing like? Was your mother kind of deferential to your father and tried to make him happy and 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 tried to kind of create the perfect mm-hmm. life? You know, no, no at all. My mom was like such a modern woman. Um, but when I was in school, I was always a little bit like different than everybody when I was in school because I was in a Catholic school and I was Serbian Orthodox. My last name is very, very long. And I, I wasn't like, you know, they all were doing first communion and I, my parents sent me to school in like a blue dress. So I was always just kind of, I never really fit in. And so I always felt like I needed to kind of do like this, like dog and pony trick to almost like be seen in a weird way. And it's helped me professionally because I definitely think that's how I've gotten where I am today. Of you know? course it has because so you have this unique quality. 
But, yeah, but so it is enough. You don't need to. You know what I thought was very interesting. Gosh, uh, Dolce Gabbana, Dominica Dolce. He he came to my house for lunch, and I remember him telling me the story. That, and he turned around. And he was talking about his parents' marriage and how his mother was a bit older. You know, when she married his father. And she turned around and he said, what a wonderful woman she was. And she turned around and said, we're going to make it work. We're, we're going to make it work. So how do you know it worked? No, no, we're going to make it work. Yeah. And I think you can still be committed to relationship, but not give up yourself. I'm not going to change to kind of be trying to keep you happy. I want you to be happy just because you're with me, you know? Yeah. And I think that you are enough. And you shouldn't have to literally bend over. Well, of course you have to bend and over. <laughs> no, and it's 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 funny because he never made me feel that way. It wasn't about him making me feel like it was me that was doing it just because. And so it's definitely something that I need to change and work on internally. Um, because it wasn't like it was expected of me or he was telling me he needed these things. It was all me, you know? And so that is where the like that's where I need to do the work. There's um, no perfection, of, though. There's no perfect man. It doesn't right. exist. You know, I know, I I know think, that. Yeah, it really doesn't. <laughs> I think if I you meet somebody and you really have a good physical connection and you both have the same, I, I do think it's harder here in this kind of environment. There are just so many women compared to men. I think it's different. Yeah. In London, I, I definitely felt a very different energy than I feel in Los Angeles. I'm definitely not, I, I, you know, I definitely still have hope in my heart for him as well. Um, I don't think like normally I close the door on any guy that I date when it's done. And I definitely haven't done that with him. So TBD, but, um, Amy Chan is in the waiting room. And so I want to take a little break and then we will be right back with Amy Chan and the breakup boot camp. Want to know where all the spring savings are this year? Ross. You'll find huge deals on all of the latest spring trends. At Ross, you'll find brand names for 20 to 60% off department store prices. You're definitely finding your next favorite outfit. We're talking about savings on your favorite shirts and tops. And it's spring, so you know Ross has savings on sundresses. They've got deals on dresses for days. I mean, every style for spring. Don't forget the sandals. From slides to wedges, find brand name sandals for less. Ross always has those for the low. And there's always a reason for a new purse at this price. That brand name handbag at this price? Of course. Deals on handbags? Yeah, hold my purse. Seriously, just visit your nearest Ross and see for yourself. Ross has something for everyone. Plus, each new shopping trip means new finds. If you really love savings, head to Ross today. Believe me, your wallet will thank you. So what are you waiting for? Say yes for less at Ross. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? And guess what? Macy's is celebrating in a big way. I was browsing Macy's online the other day, and I couldn't help but notice that they're highlighting some incredible AAPI-owned brands. 
I'm talking about names like Cardin, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve, brands that bring innovation, style, and diversity to the table. But wait, it gets even better. Macy's isn't just celebrating with fashion, they're also giving back. Throughout the month of May, you can support college access and student success by donating online or rounding up your purchase in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA Scholars is an incredible nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students to achieve their academic and professional dreams. And you can be a part of that mission simply by rounding up your purchase at Macy's Checkout. Trust me, every little bit helps. So join me and Macy's this May in celebrating Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month and shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Let's celebrate culture, style, and education together. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I feel like therapy, in all seriousness, it wasn't something I ever knew I needed until I started doing it. And I realized how much of an impact it had on my entire life. I think the thing with therapy that's so good is I think that everybody has an ego. We all think that our way is the right way. And it's the only way when in reality, there is no right or wrong way. And I think therapy really opened me up to that. Like I'm playing therapist in some of my relationships. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. How, that's how much therapy has helped me. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash scrubbing today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scrubbing. Presented by 21 Seeds. So, you know, because you have a ton of friends and throw lots of girls nights, it's important to always have a signature cocktail ready to go. Definitely. And people don't want to spend all their time at the drink bar. They'd rather be doing fun stuff like playing charades or having a dance party on the patio. Exactly. That's why 21 Seeds infused tequila is a must have. 21 Seeds is an award winning tequila infused with the juice of real fruit, which means the flavors are built in. So you only need two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. 21 Seeds makes the most delicious and easy margaritas ever. Yes. 21 Seeds is smooth, fresh and tastes incredible. And it's not overly sweet. It tastes like tequila. Just infused with real juice. Totally. And get this, 21 Seeds is female founded. Love it. Modern women, baby. Two sisters and one friend. All my friends are like sisters, so I can relate. Listen, if you love tequila like us, add 21 Seeds infused tequila to your drink bar at home. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York. We are back. We have Lisa Vanderpump still here. Thank you so much for sticking around and co-hosting with me, Lisa. And um, I'm really excited because we are bringing in Amy Chan. She is the author of Breakup Bootcamp, which is very fitting. Um, (laughs) And I'm really excited, Amy, to have you on because I heard you on the Lady Gang podcast, which is another fully female podcast. And I love to support women. So I'm going to shout them out. But I heard you on their podcast And I was just so engrossed in everything that you were saying. And I was like, we need her on our podcast immediately. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So I want you to tell our scrubbers, you know, kind of the concept of the book, 
why you started it. And then I want to kind of get down to some like rules. Are you, am I, let me just ask this. Tanya, are you going to ask her from a personal place as well? Uh, Amy, her advice, because literally I see everything so kind of near boiling point with you, Tanya, you know, of how it's bubbling. And I think maybe personally you could weigh in on that, Amy. It's it's interesting because I feel like your breakup boot camp, is it more for people who are like newly going, like just fresh out of a breakup? Here's the thing. It's never just about the ex. It's recycled pain. So a breakup is sometimes a wonderful catalyst uh, that helps someone, you know, the breakup is a shakeup you need to redirect your life. And so people don't deal with some of these patterns or these old wounds until there's this devastating breakup. But anyone who comes through breakup boot camp, they always realize on the last day, they're like, This isn't about my ex. It's not about a person. It's about these patterns and these belief systems that I have been kicking around since childhood that's causing the same emotional experience to repeat over and over again. Was it one one relationship that really motivated you to write this book or was it cumulative of many experiences that you've been through that you thought, hold on a second, I see a pattern here with yourself? Yeah, great question. So I have struggled with my heart my whole life. And it was something I couldn't understand because I was an overachiever, I was successful. But when it came to matters of the heart, I was constantly suffering. And I wasn't- It's so funny that you say this because I always say that my heart is the best thing about me and it's also my Achilles heel. It's just like, it's it's the greatest and it causes me the most pain. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I I went through this one breakup and I thought, you know, I I was dating this guy. I thought this was going to be my happily forever after. And to me back then, living the dream was date, get married, you know, have children, work on the side for fun. And I was on that path. And when that relationship ended because of infidelity, I completely fell apart. I put so much of my identity in him and us that I didn't know who I was. And not only was I mourning the relationship and this person who I thought was my best friend, I was now mourning the future I would not not have. It will never be actualized. And so I think that's what really caused me to go on this journey of healing the heart. And I tried everything, therapy, psychics, yoga retreats. I tried it. (laughs) I've been to like a (laughs) hundred psychics. And, and, and while, you know, I would go to say a retreat and it was great for a week, I would come back and I would have to deal with my same old demons. And so I realized I needed to be the one to create the world's first ever breakup boot camp where you physically come, you're out in nature, you have your phone off, that's one of the rules, and you leave different because you actually have experts, the best relationship experts from psychologists to behavioral scientists to even a dominatrix who helps you understand A dominatrix? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why would you need that? Yeah, is that a sex person? Well, so we have like, a, oh, I don't know what that is. We have a professional dominatrix who has a PhD from Berkeley and she works with power and the psychology of power. And the common thing that everyone struggles with when they come through breakup boot camp is they feel like they've lost their power. They feel disempowered. And this either happened in the relationship where they started off independent and suddenly 
their entire sense of self-worth and validation is based off their partner. And when it's over, they don't know who they are anymore to the struggle of pining over someone who doesn't return their affection. Um, so we bring in a dominatrix to understand the psychology of power dynamics and the interplay of dominance and submission that is in all of our relationship dynamics. Wow, interesting. So, Barry. Amy, can I can I ask you because I find this all very fascinating because I was reading about this. So, you were in this relationship for how long with this? I was. It was two years. Two years, and then uh, I don't like to assume anything. A man, or yes, I, I, I never want to assume these days. So, you're in this relationship with this man for two years, and suddenly you obviously discover something he was i'm assuming when you said infidelity i'm i'm putting it on him rather than you yes. when you said infidelity was the cause mm. but again never wanting to assume did you ever think could you look at the situation and think you know what i could get past this or was it absolutely that was it it was a done deal or did you ever think okay let me try and understand how this has happened and am i in any way responsible for it or did you just think okay nope I caught you with your trousers down and I, I'm going to, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. You see, back then, I, the, the, the infidelity and the breakup was the band-aid that got ripped off. And I now had to deal with all of my childhood wounds, starting with the relationship with my unavailable father and all the heartbreaks in between. And I didn't have the tools to understand what was going on. So I just put all of the blame onto this person. Everything was my ex's fault. He was a villain and I was a victim of the story. And because of that, there was no way I could work through what had happened. Uh, it just poured salt in an abandonment wound that I've been carrying around with me for decades. Mm. And that's why I fell apart the way that I did. So interesting. I think, you know, I went through a similar breakup uh, 10 years ago, actually. And um, it's so wild because I completely lost myself in that relationship. I everything was on his time. Uh, we did long distance for the last two years and I was always traveling to him. I was it was always everything was on his time, right? I was going to quit my job. I was working for the morning show on Earth, Ryan Seacrest as a producer at the time. I was going to quit move to be with him, get married, have a, you know the whole thing, imagine the whole thing. When that breakup happened, it was like the rug was pulled out from under me. I didn't know. I was like, I was going to quit my job. Now I'm, I'm still here. And like, I don't know what to do. And I had painted this whole picture of what my future was going to look like. And it just completely changed. And I will never forget. Thank God. I will never forget <laughs> how my life trajectory changed in those six months. They put me on air for the morning show. And like my career took a complete turn that I never would have expected. Mm -hmm. And I made a vow to myself. And I think that's why I stayed single for so long. I dated a ton of guys, but I was like, I will never lose myself in a relationship again, because that was so crazy to come back from. It was like, I wasn't eating. I wasn't like, it was like, it was wild yeah. but you know and I, I i see you're too much of a person to ever give yourself up you've got too much energy you have to have your own outlet in any I relationship know. and, and I, I i felt like i was i was in a good place in this last one that i was in like i was but 
I think the pandemic also kind of hit and it was easier to kind of channel that energy into a person versus myself, you know? Yeah. And Tanya, you you bring up an important topic that I think a lot of people deal with. Disempowerment sneaks up on you like death by a thousand cuts. It's not like you meet someone and then on date two, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to merge into you and my identity is going to be you. And all of my validation is going to become from you, right? It starts off that first weekend. You're like, you know what? I'm going to just, you know, I'm not going to see the girls this weekend because he only has this or he or she has this, you know, availability on Saturday. And then the next weekend where you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do that singing class, yoga meditation thing, because, you know, this is, he's really busy and, you know, I'm just going to drive out to the suburbs to meet him this one time. Right. It's very slow and it's very gradual until enough times happens, each limit breach, each boundary breach, each time you silence your truth. And you get to this point where the very foundation of the ground that you're standing on is based on someone else. Yeah. And that's what happens to a lot of people who do have a lot of energy and passion it happens very slowly and gradually. Yeah, it was, it was, I will never forget that feeling. And like, really, uh, that like, I will never lose myself in another human again. And it was actually funny because I did the reverse. So when I started dating again, it was like, if somebody asked me out to dinner at eight o'clock, I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I work on a morning show. I have to be up at 5am. If you want to take me out, you can take me out at a six. I was very like, almost like putting my foot down in a, in a more extreme way on that side, because I was like, I'm going to now like make these people, these men respect me and my drive and my job and da da da. So it was like, I went through that whole journey for a few years. And then I finally kind of found a nice balance of making it, you know, like a nice balance. You know what, sometimes having been on this planet considerably a lot longer than both of you young beautiful women I just feel that anytime you generalize with I am going to say this or I am going to do that it's gonna shoot you you know in the foot because every relationship with every different person even when you have children they are different beings they are also individual and I think that you are smart enough to actually ascertain which direction and choice you take as you go along the road rather than say, no, no, I'm not going to do that again. Because the next relationship you have might be a thousand percent different. And I think you've just got to think I'm going to be me and I'm a bonus to somebody's life. And, you know, it's, it's not that cut and dried that you can ever say, this is how it's going to be. And I'm not going to do that again. I think you've just got to relax. That's super very wise words of wisdom. I totally I mean, resonate with me. Lisa Vanderpump, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And, and Tanya, so that you understand the actual psychology of what happened was what happens is when we get hurt, that we then learn a new coping mechanism. And so we adapt to that hurt by being like, okay, I'm going to swing to the other side of the pendulum. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. now I'll build a wall. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you can't hurt me and do what right. that happened in the past. Yeah, and yeah. so it seems like eventually you came back from that swing to that extreme <laughs> yeah. to a balance of what feels authentically you. For sure. For sure. But it's, it is interesting because I think, um, and we can actually talk about some of your, some of the, like the breakup bootcamp rules because yes. it's like everybody has those things, you know, they're like, unfollow him on Instagram and block his number and do all these things. And I'm like, but that's not Tanya. Like, that's so the antithesis of me. Like, I'm not, I'm not a blocker. I'm not a, 
that's just not me. And so it's like, I think you kind of have to find out or figure out what's best for you in every situation. And it's like hard to kind mm-hmm. of necessarily follow specific rules. Mm-hmm. But there are some general guidelines that are helpful. Such as? <laughs> I know, so, I've got one. Yeah. Think of the most negative thing about him. Think of, all, write down the things that you didn't like. Think of all the negative things, him sitting on the toilet. Not that I ever see that. We're still kind of quite um, formal when it comes to that respect. And after 39 years, we're still giving each I other our that. space in many. But And that respect, yeah, you've always got to keep that respect in a relationship. If it ever goes down that path, you need to say, stop right there. I'm not having this conversation. But I think sometimes if you can write down all the things that irritate you and keep them on your phone, and when you start to lament over the good times, you can say, hold on a second, this was really annoying. You know, you can kind of talk (laughs) yourself into getting over them a little bit. But Amy, I want to hear your rules. I want to hear. Yeah. So Lisa, that's a really great point. So for those who have a tendency to, to idolize their exes, having that list you go back to will snap you back into reality in the present moment and the actual reasons why the relationship ended. So for, for other people uh, who have a tendency to blame and, you know, you might've experienced this, you get together with your friends and you're like, what a narcissist, what a psychopath. And everyone kind of feeds each other and you feel yeah. great for the moment yeah. and you feel awful afterwards. So our number one rule at breakup bootcamp is do not vilify your ex, because here's the thing. If you are still blaming your ex, psychoanalyzing your ex, hoping for your ex to change, Mm -hmm. you are still in a relationship with your ex. And the emotional charge is keeping you hooked. And sometimes we hold on to the pain because that is the last part of the relationship that we've got left. And so we don't understand that we, by focusing our energy, by, by hating on them, by vilifying them, we are detracting from our energy of moving ourselves forward. I agree with that. It's just everybody always quoted me in my show. Amy probably never watched my show, but in Vanderpump Rules, when Stasi said to me, Lisa, you hate me. And I'm like, you're not important enough to hate. Sit down. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just it's like, so true. no, exactly. I've got to, you know, I've got to unpack that emotional baggage, leave it there and not oh. take it with you. Imagine you're going on a trip with somebody you're dating and you take all your dirty laundry with it and you have to unpack it in front of them. No, it's a different relationship. It's a different situation, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Look totally. at each one accordingly. Yeah. yeah. And another thing I would say is, how you the strategy you take after a breakup depends on what stage you're at so Ryan you're right out of a breakup you are in the stage of shock and denial and so it is really important during the stage that you think of your ex like they're your drug dealer and here's why when you are in a relationship with someone you have neural pathways that have been wired together after the breakup happens even though you know on a cognitive level that it's over, your body doesn't. It is used to getting its doses of dopamine, of oxytocin, of all those feel-good chemicals yes. from this person. And it's like, what the hell's going on? Where is it? Give it to me. And your, your body is craving that dopamine hit. So that's why you're like, you know what? I'm just going to check their Instagram story. Oh, I'm just going to reread these text messages. It's your brain craving for that hit of <laughs> yes. dopamine. The, the rereading the text messages is the most Tanya move ever. Like literally <laughs> that is, that is me to a T looking at photos, looking at old text messages. That's me. 
Yeah. And Tanya, when you do that, when you're, you know, going down memory lane, you have to understand what's happening in your brain. You're feeding those old neural pathways. You're strengthening those yes. old neural pathways and you're not allowing new neural pathways to grow. That is why in the beginning, even though it might not feel natural for you, it is important that you have some time and space to allow those old neural pathways to prune away. And I would recommend usually around 60 days and you want to really create systems so that you're not craving contacting your ex or thinking, are they contacting me back? And that's why you might have heard the advice of, okay, just block them just for yeah. a period of time to allow yourself that time to have your brain recalibrate. Just so you know it's not an option. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I do like that. That is really good advice. Um, that's really opposite advice as to anything I would ever give. So that's great to hear. <laughs> I think sometimes it's, in, it's, it's helpful to understand what's actually going on in the brain and the body, right? Because if you were to be like, just don't contact them, don't look at their pictures. I'd be like, screw you. I'm going to do it. But when you understand like, oh, I'm not going crazy. That's right. why I'm getting this anxiety of wanting to reach yes. out to pick up my phone. It's your brain craving chemicals. It's not because you're crazy. So when you understand that, I think it gives you, it arms you with the tools so that you can make choices that are empowering versus toxic. Where are you now, Amy, in your relationship status, you know, after you kind of got over this relationship and the infidelity, where are you now then? I, I'm in a really healthy partnership with someone and it's just a very different relationship. I think most of my life, I, I dated people who mirrored the emotional experience I had with my father. My father was very unavailable. I only got love when I got good grades. And I learned at a very young age that love is earned and I'm not enough as I am. And so fast mm. forward, I would choose men that were always too busy. I was 10th on the priority list. They were charismatic. They were flying around the world. And I was like, oh, okay, just pick me. Like if you pick me, I'm special. And right. I didn't recognize that the same emotional experience was repeating over and over again. I constantly felt anxiety. I never knew if the love was going to last, if they're going to be there. And so but I was like, no, there's no pattern because they look very different, but the emotional experience was the same. And now that I'm in a healthy partnership, it's very different from what I experienced in the past. It's peaceful. It's not up and down. It's not intense. I'm not guessing all the time if, if my partner has my back. Yeah. Um, and that's I another thing that this. absolutely I agree with you. Having a partner that's supportive of you, that's really yeah. there and has your back, speaks volumes to me it really really does so having somebody on my side of course you're going to disagree with them and you're going to have your you know challenges but when you have somebody that's on your side it means the world you just feel so much stronger yeah yeah, yeah. and I love that you say peaceful because I think you know that's something that I think a lot of people struggle with not necessarily in terms of relationships specifically but just in life I feel like peace is such a uh, it's such an uh, unutilized word these days because I think everybody right now is struggling with anxiety and things, yeah. which is all preconceived, you know, thoughts when peace is so important. And I feel like that's the key. I think what everybody's been through in the last year, though, is so out of the term, you know, realms of normalcy and normality. Yeah. It's everything's been pushed in in each direction. What, what are your thoughts about that, Amy? You can't react 
I think, um, you know, to so many situations would react differently because of the isolation factor and, and all Definitely. those different components. Yeah, I mean, the anxiety, if you struggled with anxiety in the past, and um, if you have an anxious attachment style, Tanya, I don't know, have you ever explored attachment theory? I'm anxious attachment. Okay, so do you want me to just give a recap of what it is for listeners who might not know what attachment theory is? Yes, actually, because I do want to, in a, a, a podcast following, I do want to dive into that, those things because I'm, I newly just found out I was anxious attachment okay. and it was like a, it was like a key that I just opened and it was like, yeah. So attachment theory is basically the idea that by the age of around two years old, we develop an attachment system, which will pretty much determine how we relate romantically as adults. And there's three main types. Half the population falls under secure, meaning they're not afraid of intimacy. They're also not um, codependent. Uh, when there's a problem, they're able to communicate their needs. And these people have the strongest measures of success and happiness in their relationships. Now, the next type is a avoidantly attached. Those who have an avoidant attachment system subconsciously suppress their attachment, meaning when someone gets a little bit too close, they will do what's called deactivating strategies. These are ways to push some away. That might mean you go on a romantic weekend with someone and instead of following up, they disappear for a week and they go in their cage. This is the best. So Becca is who I do the podcast with. She's out of town this week, but she's avoidant attachment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so right. And, she's and then there's a rationalization of like, no, 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 I just haven't met the one. No, no, just not the one. But no one's ever the one. There's always right. chasing a unicorn or even putting an X on a pedestal. But they're people with impossible futures because this is a way of avoiding intimacy. Yeah. Now, the third type, uh, which is about 25% of the population, this is what I used to be, and it seems like what you are, is anxiously attached. Anxiously attached have a fundamental fear of being abandoned or rejected. And so um, when they don't hear back, say it takes, you know, you text and it takes your the person you like four hours to text you back. Instead of being like, oh, they're probably busy. You've now created a whole yes. scenario of like, they don't like you, they're moved on, they're cheating, whatever it is, and you get this panic. And then you'll do what's called protest behavior, meaning you might go call like crazy or show up. That's what I used to do. No. Don't do that. <laughs> um, or you might swing to the other side of the pendulum and be like, you know what? It took you four hours. Screw you. I'm going to punish you. I'll take four days. See how you like it. Right. There's this kind of strategic counting yeah. down to the time. Yeah. And, and it's basically ridiculous. avoidance are drawn to anxious and anxious are drawn to avoidance. <laughs> and so um, they both reconfirm each other's worldview. And yeah. here's the thing, whether you're anxiously attached or avoidance, they're, they're two different sides of the same coin. They are both fearing that intimacy is not safe. The anxious fears that intimacy will cause rejection and kind of pour salt on that abandonment wound and the avoidant fears that intimacy will suffocate them and take away their freedom. Um, what would you say in parenting skills determines when you're that very young age, your children, which direction? What do you think is the catalyst for you know, resulting in and who we become? Yeah, that's a great question. So some people be like, oh, well, my parents were great. And but why do I have this anxious attachment style? It doesn't mean that you had bad parents or, you know, bad intention parents. But when a parent can't read the cues of their child, 
that's what, and sometimes this is from what, how they learn when they were raised, right? So the, uh, the person, the mother or the father that raises a child that becomes avoidant typically tends to smother the child or live vicariously through the child. And, or there might've been say a divorce in the family. And suddenly your son or your daughter, instead of, you know, being a child and being able to be a kid becomes the therapist and you divulge the secrets and you go to them for therapy or talk, you talk about, you know, the dad that's, you know, drinking alcohol. And then that child grows up with the subconscious belief that, oh my gosh, intimacy is going to smother me. It's go, it's going to take away my freedom. And the parent who raises a child who ends up being anxious misreads and is inconsistent with caregiving, meaning sometimes they're there, they, they understand that the child is, is hungry or needs affection or needs to be held, and sometimes they're not. So the child learns at a very young age, I may not get my needs met. And to me, that is death. And that is why when you grow up, not hearing back is a threat to the connection and a threat to the connection raises up your nervous system as if you're going to be attacked and you're going to die. And that's why you feel the sense of panic. Yeah. Um, can can I ask you? So when you look at your parents' marriage, Tanya and, and you, Amy, do do you look at them and think, I want to emulate that marriage? I want what they had, or because I know for me, my my mother died. I say uh, two years ago now. When I used to look at my parents' marriage, it was something that I didn't want. And I'm not saying they weren't happy in their own, you know, they were married forever. I mean, for 60 something years, but the bickering and the backwards and forwards, it was such a lesson to me about what I didn't want. And I think yeah. in life, when people talk about perpetuating the cycle, you don't have to perpetuate the cycle. You can take the opposite turn. So for me, I never wanted bickering in my house because I knew how that made me feel as a child. It made me feel anxious seeing the two kind of, and my parents were very young when they had us. They mm. really, you expect your parents to be these infallible human beings, but when they're only 25 or whatever, and they've had you, how can they know what they're doing? They're probably just doing the best they could, you know? Yeah. Do you look at your parents' marriage and think that's the kind of marriage I want, both of you? Uh, definitely not. My parents uh, are in a very dysfunctional codependent relationship and they're still together. They don't believe in divorce. And so there was so much chaos as a child that I experienced. And, um, yeah, I, I was my mother's therapist and I dealt with a very unavailable, very explosive father. And so on a cognitive level, I'd be like, oh no, no, I don't want any of this, but here's the thing. A lot of our patterns come from very deeply subconscious beliefs Yes. And so on a cognitive level, I'll be like, I don't want the unavailable person. No, but then I would be drawn and I would only feel chemistry with that unavailable person that could wound me in a very similar way to how I was wounded as a child. So it's interesting because both through the work that I've been doing with my therapist, I've figured out that my, I, I wasn't, mine didn't stem from, so my, my anxious attachment isn't so severe. Like I'm not super, super, and I used to be securely attached. Mm -hmm. And then that gnarly breakup that I had 10 years ago that came from nowhere and did all of these things caused this yeah. knee jerk because it came out of nowhere. Like it was mm -hmm. so unexpected. And like, you know what I mean? Like your mind's going one way. And then all of a sudden one day it's uh, like you said, the bandage ripped off. And yeah. so that caused me to create this spiral anxious attachment that I have. So it's not quite 
so ingrained and with the work that I've been doing, I've been able to kind of, I can kind of correct it. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's not, it's still work on myself, but it's not deeply rooted. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it still takes awareness, right? And I think, Lisa, you made a great point. It's like, when you don't have awareness, you're like, I like all these things are happening. I don't know why, but when you start have awareness, like, oh, wait, this is a pattern. Wait, this isn't what I want. Then you can unpack and make the choices and be empowered to make choices differently. So Amy, you've made that choice because you're in a relationship with somebody that clearly is the antithesis of your father and what you knew. And now you found happiness in that relationship. No, yeah, and it chaos. took a lot of work for me, though. I, I recognize I had an anxious attachment style about five years ago, and I I realized how it was I was sabotaging my relationships. It was from the people I chose to even when I was in something secure, I would sabotage it and create some sort of anxiety or catastrophe. Yeah. And I was like, if I don't figure this out, you know, I'm going to keep continuing this. It's just, you know, the pattern is the same. There's a point when I have to stop pointing the finger of the blame at all the people I'm dating and be yes. like, wait, there's a pattern that's repeating here. That pattern uh, is me. <laughs> yeah. But also don't, I feel, you know, when I look at young women today, you know, as they're kind of going through this ridiculous kind of, um, you know, all this swipe left, swipe right, everything's disposable. People are looking around the corner for something better. You know, it's much harder. But when you think of there's 7 billion people on this planet, you cannot let one person define your happiness. There's True. there's so many That's people it right there. out there. There's so many people that you could just have an incredible relationship with. It's not just one person. There are so many people like you can have so many friends, you know, it's, you cannot put the pressure on, on that one person either. You know, it's Mm. just, I think sexually as well, when people, you've got to take responsibility for your own happiness and for your own orgasm and your, you know, you've got to think, okay, this is what I need and I'm going to find it and I'm going to get it. I'm a big, uh, component no I don't know what the word is but I'm a big believer in masturbation yes create your own pleasure practice well, yeah or like no figure out what it does like figure out what does for what, you and then what you, can, you need and and, yeah, and yeah. then you should you know dictate that or give the directive to what you need physically and sexually another thing I find very disconcerting and I have a lot of young people working for me is when they say you know they start dating and then they sit down and they say to a guy okay you know what I don't want to mess about okay because I'm in this and I'm going to want kids soon and I want to commit a relationship even if somebody said that to me as a friend I'd want to rub for the hills let alone if I was just a a woman or a man you know just being faced with that you've got to let things evolve and find their natural kind of I mean I say that I got engaged after six weeks because we were just so crazily in love, but I'm saying to put that pressure on, I don't want to mess about. And you need to know that that to me is, is so kind of scary and such a, a an off-putting kind of way to start a relationship, you know? Yeah. I, I termed that in my book um, called conquesting. And that's when someone has an idea, they have a plan, right? Whether it's get married or have a trophy wife, whatever it is. And they're like, 
who's going to fill it? You, yeah. you, 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 you. <laughs> yeah. I just want to fill you into this thing. And you're not a human anymore. You're yeah. an object, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a means to an end. And you feel that energy. It is not an energy that's coming from love and abundance. It's coming from scarcity. And it's very, you feel disgusted. It's, it's too so, much pressure. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot, I think that's what I, and I've honestly, I've seen it with friends of mine where they're just like, I want to have a baby. So I'm just going to get on this app. Like the first guy that I start dating, like that's it. And I'm like, okay, but okay. In 10 years, like you're not going to that guy, but it's fine. Everybody has to do their own thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Amy, I am so grateful. Thank you so much for taking the time. Everybody you can check out. Um, breakup bootcamp is an actual retreat. Where can people find out about that? Yeah. Renewbreakupbootcamp.com uh, has my retreat info and workshops. Yeah. Where is it though? Where, where is it? Is it, where is the, yeah, I host them both, uh, in, uh, in a retreat center in California and in upstate New York. And we're on pause right now because of the pandemic, but they'll be coming back soon. Wow. Okay. That's fascinating, isn't it? And how long did you have to spend there normally? It's four days and I bring in 13 experts and there's an onsite chef cooking all your nutritious meals. So you're, you know, being fed well, and it's all about heart, mind, body, soul, right? Cause it's yeah. all connected. You can't just work just on therapy. You have to work on like, how do you move this old trauma and emotions through the body? So that's why we have a range of like, you know, from the scientific to the metaphysical, uh, to the spiritual yes. and different experts. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds incredible, actually that, yeah. To just get you over that hump, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the book also, everybody, you can check that out. It's on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, it's called Breakup Bootcamp. Amy Chan, thank you so much for yeah. taking the time. What a pleasure. Really, really appreciate it. This was so fun. Thanks so thank much. Thank you. Yeah, what a pleasure. <laughs> Bye, Amy. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was something. The only bit I really wanted to know even more about that we didn't ask was what about the dominatrix? Can you imagine something, <laughs> your next relationship? We're like, okay. The, but the, the, the interesting thing of what she said is about power and i do think that in, in a lot of relationships there is when the power is mostly on one end it never works you really do need a balance a of balance. power absolutely i think so, so I think yeah. I should go out and buy some thigh boots and a whip and beat the shit out of Ken when he gets home. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, Lisa, this is this is the end of our podcast. I want you to um, have some time so you can tell everybody where they can follow you, listen to your, like, just give us all the, all the details and everything great that's going on with you oh, right now. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm on all things Band of Pump on Cast Media. You can download it on YouTube. I've just had a great time doing this. But, you know, I love talking to people. So, for me, it's been fascinating. I have to say I'm very interested in talking about relationships and things like that. But my podcast has been very diverse in terms of people from all different aspects of life, which has been quite incredible. But I find I'm ending up now talking more about relationships and, and, and listening to people's problems. I think having been through, you know, so many years of business and being a mother and being a wife and a businesswoman, I probably have got some few things, but I'm talking about that in my books too. So as soon as I kind of finish my last chapter, I'll try and get that one out. So that'll be probably what, once you finish it, it's probably like six months till it's out. I'm a little bit behind because I've been so busy, but yeah, probably. But it's, it's a book I'm trying to write that is a book that 
I think I would have, you know, want to give to my daughter or well, my daughter's happily married. But it's, I, I often look at things in life and think, what would I tell my daughter? You know, when yeah. you really care about somebody. Um, and it's a book that I think I wish I would have read when I was a teenager, you know. That's awesome. Well, we'll be looking forward to it. You can definitely, when that book comes out, you can come back on the podcast and talk all about it. Send you lots of love, darling. You're a gorgeous Thank woman. Thank you so Don't much. You ever forget that. Thank you. You're the best. All right. Bye, darling. Bye. Bye, Lisa. Bye. Presented by 21 Seeds. Hey, you know how we're always trying to keep our girls' nights exciting with new cocktails? Uh, yeah. Well, here's something that's going to flip the 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Wait, you already know? Of course. 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila infused with juice from real fruit. Yeah, so you only need two or three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. But did you know that 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend? Sounds like there's a good story behind that for sure. So listen, if you love tequila, you have to try 21 seeds infused tequila enjoy responsibly 21 seeds diageo new york new york want to know where all the spring savings are this year ross you'll find huge deals on all of the latest spring trends yes at ross you'll find brand names for 20 to 60 percent off department store prices you're definitely finding your next favorite outfit we're talking about savings on your favorite shirts and tops. And it's spring, so you know Ross has savings on sundresses. And don't forget the sandals. From slides to wedges, find brand name sandals for less. Ross always has those for the low. And there's always a reason for a new purse at this price. Deals on handbags? Yeah. Hold my purse. Seriously, just visit your nearest Ross and see for yourself. Believe me, your wallet will thank you. So what are you waiting for? Say yes for less at Ross. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.